Welcome to this episode of Care You, where we challenge and encourage listeners to be intentional and embed a practice of reflection into your caregiving. It is our intention that the contents of this podcast are accessible and meet you where you are on your caregiving journey in a non-blaming and non-shaming way. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the show. show. Hey, Stephanie. Good morning, Don. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. Um, this is going to be a different episode. Um, we don't have anybody to interview. I don't just know. the nobody, two of us. Nobody wanted to talk to us. No, that's not true. We just, um, how, how is it going to be different? Well, I think it's actually really exciting and different in the way that we had shared at one point in season one that um, we both are very avid readers. And with that being said, we're going to take our listeners through a little bit of a dive into a book that we have both found and really appreciated its contents. Yeah, the the book title is Never Enough, When Achievement Culture Becomes Toxic and What We Can Do About It. It was, uh, or it is by Jennifer Wallace, and it was released in August of 2023. So it's brand new. And I was going back, I was trying to figure out or remember how I came upon the book, and it was from a Washington Post article. And I remember as I read the article, it was kind of a snippet of the book, almost kind of like we're doing now, like a teaser to the book. And I remember like there was a line in the book that said, many parents tend to focus on what we're told is the ultimate goal of parenting to raise independent, self-reliant adults. Independence is undoubtedly valuable. It helps our children think for themselves, develop and pursue their passions, and become self-sufficient and capable. But it also gets into this idea of that's not everything. We need to teach interdependence. And then she goes on in this article, and it just kind of blew my mind that it is. It's like I can remember with my kids, you need to be independent, 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 But then she starts to bring up this idea of what we've lost in our society is this interdependence and then ultimately the idea of mattering. She talks a lot about the idea of mattering as a human. Yeah, and when we talk about interdependence, um, I think that is our podcast, Yeah, right? Like we said, without even using that word or I wasn't even thinking about interdependence, but it was like hey, we're all in this together, this parenting, caregiving journey. Let's do this together. Let's have conversations together. Let's share resources. Um, So to me, interdependence isn't a negative. And I think when we have this pendulum shift between we must be super independent or we must be super interdependent, I'm not thinking we should be either. It's just like right in the middle. We should have skills to be independent when necessary, and we should be able to lean on those um, that are around us when when needed. And I think that that interdependence comes up for me with our podcast. Yeah. And and the book has been one of those. I just got done with it. It I'm going to say it's maybe my favorite book that I've ever read. So this is amazing. So Don and I were sitting here. He told me about the Washington Post article. I think we might have even been preparing for a Care You. We both ordered the book. It came a few weeks ago, three yeah. weeks ago. I'm I'm also loving it. Um, but since then, I've, I've followed Jennifer Wallace, and I just have to share this little snippet that she shared on her Instagram, I think. Um, she said, 
she, for this purposes of this book, she interviewed 6,500 parents. Um, and she asked them to state how much they agree or disagree with the following statements. Um, the first statement was, I feel responsible for my children's achievement and success. 75% of the respondents strongly or somewhat agreed with that comment. And the second question she asked was, others think my ch child's academic success is a reflection of my parenting. And 83% strongly or somewhat agreed with that. Now, I want to also note that I'm not saying that that's good or bad. Um, but in her little video, she said, you're not alone. Yeah. That's the interdependence. That's, I feel like knowing that if, if I were to answer strongly agree, I have a lot of people that are with me that still think that. So I love the idea of let's, we're in this together. Let's have these conversations. Yeah. And in she, in the book, I think it's a direct relationships to, to this. Our kids are absorbing the idea that their worth is contingent on their performance. So are we as parents and caregivers also having the absorption of my worth as a parent is contingent on how well my kids perform? Oh, I think it's, I mean, without going into a lot of gory details, yes. I mean, still to this day, I mean, my kids are 30 and almost 26. And there is an element of, as a parent, are they a reflection is what they're doing and achieving and so forth. Is that a reflection on me? And if I have older kids and I'm thinking that, it, it's, it, it is out there. And it is something that I think is, I'm going to use the word pervasive. I mean, not being a positive word. I think it is something that maybe some people don't think about. Maybe this will get them to think about it. Other people might say, yeah, I've really been concerned about that, but I don't know what to do about it because it's almost this vicious circle it's kind of like when we talk about Brene Brown, if you don't, if you're not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If you're not vulnerable, then other people don't feel like they can be vulnerable and then no one's vulnerable and you just are in this endless loop. Of this is how it has to be. Yeah, it's just, that's how it is and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, it's, so we should have said this at the beginning, Don, and we didn't, but we decided we were just gonna have a conversation about the book. But everything we say in this, in this episode is let's just reflect upon what does this mean to you? Yeah. What does this mean in your house? And I have loved the contents of this book coming from the caregiver lens of three children. Um, and I, I mean, I've had discussions with my husband about it. I've had discussions with Don about it. Really, I'm talking to anybody that will listen. Um, not because I think that there's a right or wrong, but more like, wow, have you thought about that like do you feel like your child's academic success is a direct reflection of your parenting and it's just really opened some great conversations would you agree oh it like even with the superintendent as we were talking about and I don't know now is the time to bring it up we are this is what we're going to do our care you book study on uh this year last year it was the gifts of imperfection gifts of imperfection we are going to do it this year more info if you are a listener within our district um, you will get some information sometime in October. Um, and so it's start, it, it's just, I, my wife is probably tired of hearing about it. We went on a walk yesterday and I was just like, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> babbling about this. It, it's just, there's so many. In fact, when we were coming up with, we started a Google doc and just started throwing stuff in there. And I think we stopped at about page 50 Yeah, for stuff. Cause it's just, I mean, we don't want to ruin the book. 
but I guess ultimately we want people to read this. Yeah, that's what I, I should have circled back to that. So when we said we like to read a lot, we know not everybody has the time to read it. So hopefully this episode will give you a little bit of information to, for you to decide if you want to read it or not. If you don't have the bandwidth or the capacity to read it, hopefully we're giving you some conversation starters yeah. or some reflection starters. Um, she claim, told us in this book, one of the very first things she said is, um, as an author and why she went out and did those 6,500 interviews was I wanted to understand the pressure that kids and parents were feeling and why they felt it. I read that and I put on the hat of a school counselor and took it off, put on the hat as a principal and took it off and put on the hat as a caregiver. And I, I also want to understand why kids and parents are feeling this and what can we do about it? Um, did that statement or comment stand out to you, Don? Um, yes, but it's hard to pick out. Like, one of the things I talked about with my wife is I always feel like our society is so it's either this or it's this. It's black or it's white. And I think sometimes we get people that talk about the stress that kids are going through and they want to say things like, oh my gosh, my kids are so stressed. Or, you know what, stress is good for kids I had stress when I was growing up, and I think it's different today. I think there is something, there's this feeling of almost like a zero sum. This is, I'm going to, I'm I'm kicking the ball to you here from your favorite quote that was in there about the elevator. It is this zero, we, we tend to think of this zero sum game that if I don't get my portion of the pie now, it's it's going to be gone. And I think we have to, personally, I think we need to get, I want to see our society move away from that. That it's not, I don't think the world is zero sum. That if, I don't know, does that make sense? I think that it makes sense, especially around, you said my favorite quote, I have about 100 favorite well, yeah. quotes, right? But there was a spot in here that is pretty profound. It's that there's this feeling as a caregiver, that there's an express elevator headed up. And if your kid doesn't get on the elevator early, they will be left on the ground floor forever. Yeah. And I feel like mic drop. And it, I think then parents feel like I need to, and she talks a lot about this, I, my kid has to have that resume so that when they apply to college, they're going to stand out among everybody else. Well, we've had and, that conversation. Even if you're not yeah. thinking about resume for college, we're talking. Let's talk about athletics, or let's talk yeah. about if you don't learn how to play an instrument. Whatever the case may be, I mean, there is a there is a real, true reality of if you don't play a sport at a young age, yep. you get left on the ground floor forever. Yeah, and I mean, and now it's funny we 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 were almost silent there for quite a while. I mean, I, that's where I think parents struggle. It's, there's an element of truth to that from a soccer perspective. And I think that's what she talks about. Or basketball is, or football. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or grades. Yeah. If my kid doesn't get into SAT prep when they're in sixth grade, they're not going to do well on the SAT. And it is that idea of, I mean, is there an element of truth to that? Maybe so, but then also balancing, but what do I want? I want my kid 
to matter. I want them to feel like they matter for things that are not grades and sports and and that. And it's just, I don't know, it's such a difficult thing. I'm going to lift up another quote out of here. Okay. Our kids are absorbing the idea that their worth is contingent upon their performance. Yep. Whether that be academic, athletic, fine arts. Um, and And I would just pause to say, let's reflect on that. Our kids are absorbing the idea that their worth is contingent upon their performance. Well, and it it goes to, um, uh, I can't remember his first name, but this idea, we'll just say uh, early on in the book, many parents perceive their children feel that they matter when in fact their children don't feel that way or they're not sure whether they matter. He spoke of one school board survey showing that only 8% of parents believe their children felt that they didn't matter when in fact 30% reported feeling that way. So that disconnect between as a caregiver or parent, oh, I'm sure that my kids matter, but do they feel that way? And astoundingly, more than 70% of the young adults I survey reported that they thought their parents valued and appreciated them more when they were successful in work and school. I'm going to tell you a personal story. I shared this with Don. I have a, a one of my kids came home and said, Mom, you're going to be so mad at me. That was the first thing that they said. Why? What happened? Because I didn't do well on my science quiz. And I was like, take, I, in the midst of reading this, I thought, oh my goodness. That is the first thing they say when we see each other. This is my child who does get, he's compliant and gets really good grades, right? Mm -hmm. On the norm. I started having a lot of reflections with Don and my husband. Like, why? Did he think that I was going to be mad at him? When you read things like, I think that he knows he matters no matter what, and his his worth is not contingent upon his grades, but he comes home and tells me that I'm going to be so mad at him because of that. That was a moment where I was like, okay. The conversation just looked a little different with him. I said, I, oh, no matter what your grade is, I mean, I'm not going to be mad at you. Did you feel like you prepared? Did you feel like you did as well? What is the next step? Um, That was pretty, that was a moment. Remember that moment when I read that and that exactly happened? And I mean, yes, and we, I could keep reading stats that are like that, but I think you, I'm glad you inserted that story there because I think that's what we hope to do in the podcast is to now step back and say, oh, my kids have said that to me before. And then start to think, okay, what have, what have I done to make them think that? And that idea of being intentional, and that's what I like about the book. She starts to give some, at the very end, she gives suggestions for what educators can do, what parents can do. And it is the words that we use. And I think she talks about leading with, you know, when they come home, instead of peppering them with questions about, oh, how did the science test go? And how, because you may truly want to know how did the science test go? But because of the whole grade mentality, your son or daughter may hear, I better have done what good. grade. Yeah. What, what was my grade? And maybe you didn't mean that. And so she says the way to get around that is to lead with food, basically. And I thought that was funny because it's like your child comes home, that person, that, that younger person you're responsible for, 
really giving some thought to how you lead into a conversation. Yeah. And it, I feel like I have, I thought I was intentional about showing them that really in our house, we value effort, not necessarily as much the grade, but in his mind, even that wasn't a word. He wasn't worthy because he didn't feel like he gave enough effort. Because of what the grade ended up with. So, and and we still have expectations that they're going to do their best. And so it's not, um, okay, he, if he, if he got a two out of six and they have a six point quiz every single week, which by the way, I didn't even know there was a quiz that day. Um, that just shows you that it's on his mind. I got to get home. I'm going to tell mom and mom's going to be so mad at me. Um, we, we keep having the conversation and being open to open to that, but it's really made me stop and think about how I am responding when this child of mine doesn't do as well as he thinks he's supposed to do. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Well, it does to me. And I think the other, I think it's probably worth mentioning now, if you are a listener and you're like, oh wow, this is kind of heavy. It's not just you. It's what teachers say. And again, I'm not, I was in the classroom at one point, and I know, I mean, I would ask things, I like, I would sometimes lead with, oh, after the test, 25% of people got A's, you know what I mean? I, it was like, I was sending that message, unknown. I wasn't trying to do that, but that's what I was telling them is, the grade is what's important, not necessarily the learning, um, and it's what colleges do, and it's what advertisements do it's it's just pervasive out there and I think what makes me sad is the idea that the mattering like I want people to feel like they matter because if you don't feel like you matter what I mean it's hard to get through life if if you don't feel like people if you don't feel, if you feel like you don't matter to people. Yeah, for sure. Which is where when you get a grade, cause it is grades, that's just the reality. Yeah. When you get when a child gets a grade that they're not happy with or that they think we're not going to be happy with, I think it's just breaking that down. Like, are you pleased with that? Was that what effort you gave into it? Did you prepare? Because I do think there is a part of this that the reality of, being a member of society is you have to prepare for whatever your work is, right? Like we, we had to prepare for this podcast, for example. So if we would have just showed up, we didn't have the book read, obviously that wouldn't have been great. Um, which is why, and that's just my own style. That's why I go with like the effort and the preparedness, but I think it's giving a little bit of ownership and reminding them that there is a grade and that is our education system, but there's so much more to it, including the learning, the preparing, the effort, Um, but man, I have had to be very intentional about that. Like literally the conversations of the days that have happened since then. Oh yeah. And I mean, I, I have gotten, I remember this was starting to, I was struggling with it the last couple of years when I was in the classroom. Um, like I would meet a former student outside, like I'd run into them someplace and my go-to, my lead was, oh, where did you go to school at? And I remember asking that of a student, a former student, and the look on their face was one of just really uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. it was at that point that I realized 
they didn't go to school. And I felt horrible. And that they were like, oh, well, I, uh, you know, and, and I'm like, no, no, I, I, let's talk about what are you doing now? Where are you at? And what so are- it's like that. I've been really trying to work on my, my language. Not, that sounds, <laughs> you know what I mean? My, um, my language with students when I talk to them. I don't lead with that. Oh, where are you going to college? I, I got asked, uh, I'll leave with one last story. I have a niece and a nephew. My nephew graduated a few years ago, and um, he had asked if I would be the speaker at their graduation in my hometown, where I graduated high school from. And um, I didn't, and now my niece is graduating this year, and she's also asked. And so in those two conversations, I've thought about what I would say to a group of graduating students. And I think I would talk to them about the... Let's start focusing less on what are you going to do when you graduate? What are you going to do? What are you going to do when you get older? We ask this question a million times, but it's more about who do you want to be? Yep. And I think that simple, not what are you going to do, but who do you want to be is about that mattering. I think that's a wonderful place to end. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Care You and for showing up for the children in your care. Until next time.